Welcome to the Roxborough Church Podcast. For more resources and information, visit RoxboroughChurch.org. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. All right, guys. So this is one of my favorite parts of tonight's service. Um, this is where we uh, bring our children up. And so uh, if we have any children in the building, you guys can join me up front on the steps. If your spouse calls, says that you act like a child, you can continue to stay seated. Um, but actual children, you're welcome up here. And so you guys can have a seat on the steps. And also, parents, uh, we will have uh, Christmas activity pages if your child needs one. Uh, K through second will be in the green bin. Um, third through fifth will be in the red bin, and that'll be available for them uh, to keep their attention if need be. Awesome, awesome. All right, guys, uh, I'm going to pray for us really quick, and then we'll jump in. Sound good? Yeah? yeah? It can't be the parents saying this, guys. it got to be y'all. Sounds good? Yeah? Awesome. Uh, Father God, we thank you. Thank you for these guys, um, how awesome they are, and uh, thank you for your plans that you have for them. Thank you for their families, Lord. Bless them, God. Um, we pray at this time, God, that you would speak uh, to them. And uh, speak through me, God, and I pray that all of these things would uh, raise their hope and their uh, joy at who you are, God, in sending Jesus. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Uh, so before we start, guys, just to give us a refresher, how many of you guys think that you know the Christmas story pretty well? Raise your hand. Cool. All right, we got a few. All right, well... I trust that some of you guys do, but since I saw some hands not raised, we're going to have a little refresher, and so you guys can look at the screen. We have a short video for you guys, um, and then we'll talk about it. Joseph found out Mary was going to have a baby. But Joseph knew it was not his baby. Mary and Joseph were not married yet. Joseph decided to quietly break his engagement with Mary so she would not be publicly disgraced. Soon after Joseph thought these things, an angel appeared to him in a dream. The angel said, Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Her baby was put there by the Holy Spirit. Mary is going to have a son. Name him Jesus, because he is going to save his people from their sins. This happened just like the prophet said it would. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel commanded. During the time Mary was pregnant, the Roman Emperor, Caesar Augustus, announced that everyone needed to be registered for a census. Since Joseph was a descendant of King David, he and Mary traveled to Bethlehem, the city of David. While they were there, the time came for Mary to have her baby. Mary and Joseph looked for a safe place to stay, but every place was full. So Mary and Joseph found a place where animals were kept, and that is where Mary had her baby. Joseph named the baby Jesus, 
Mary wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a feeding trough. <laughs> in the same region, some shepherds were out in the fields watching over their sheep. All of a sudden, an angel of the Lord stood before them. A bright light shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said, don't be afraid. I have very good news for you. Today, a Savior who is Messiah the Lord was born for you in the city of David. Then the angel said, you will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a feeding trough. Suddenly, a whole army of angels appeared, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. So the shepherds went to Bethlehem and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a feeding trough. The shepherds went and told others about the baby Jesus. Everyone who heard about Jesus was surprised and amazed. <gasps> Mary thought about everything that was happening and tried to understand it. The shepherds returned to their fields, praising God because everything had happened just as the angel had said. Jesus' birth fulfilled the Old Testament prophecy. God the Son came into the world as Emmanuel. Jesus was born to be God with us and to save people from sin. Don't you love kid videos? They're just like super simple, bright and awesome. All right, guys, I got a question uh, for you guys. Actually, a couple questions for you guys. Um, how many guys like to get gifts on Christmas? Raise your hand. There's like some parents raising their hand too. So you guys are in good company. All right, now here's another question for you. When you open gifts, right, do you start with like, the smallest gift first or like the least gift or do you and end with like the greatest gift or do you start with like the biggest the gift that you wanted and then kind of end with the smallest what do you guys think you start with the smallest why, why do you start with the smallest do you think just because you're maybe well maybe building up to like the the biggest one kind of the excitement is building you don't know all good you start with the biggest one why, why, do you, why do you start with the biggest one, Caden? Because he wants to. <laughs> it's a good answer. Why, what, do you, what do you start with, Nate? They just give you one of them. Whatever's closer. There you go. Very pragmatic. Good, good, <laughs> good kid right there. What about you, Ellie? Say it again. You do it all out of order? So it doesn't matter what, what size gift or... Yeah? All good. All right. What do, you, what do you do, Tommy? Big gift first or little gift first? Big one. Awesome, awesome. All right, guys. Personally, <laughs> personally, for, personally for me, um, uh, so me, me and my best friend, uh, I call her my wife. Um, some of you guys know her as Miss Christina. Uh, I, we started with the smallest gift first and kind of worked our way up to the bigger gift. But that's just me or us. Um, but at this time, I want you guys to close your eyes for just a second. 
And I want you guys to imagine, maybe this was on your wish list, maybe it wasn't. Imagine your greatest gift that you could receive. Greatest gift. All right, you got it? Cool, open your eyes. All right, I want to I hear some examples. What greatest gift you could receive? Kaden? Huh? Slime? <laughs> Nate? Huh? An iPhone 11. Big dreams. Big dreams. Ellie? Getting to go to a dog show. And you always wanted to. Very nice. That's a very unique gift. What about you guys back here? What, if you could think of the best gift that you could receive, what would it be? What do you think? No? They're like closing your eyes and be like, if, if, if I close my eyes, maybe he won't, he won't see me. <laughs> All right. What about you, Kaden? Greatest gift? Can't think of one? So here, here's a, a cool thing. There was this guy in the Bible. His name was David or King David. How many guys have heard of him? Some of you guys? Okay. So he, he wrote something really interesting and really awesome about uh, what he thought was the greatest gift. And so we could see that verse on the screen. He said this in Psalm 63, verse 3. He said, your love, he's talking about God. He said, your love is better than life. I will bring glory to you with my lips. And so check this out. Christmas morning, you might end up opening your greatest gift, right? And you might say, thank you, mom and dad, right? Or maybe something else we don't know. But you might, uh, from your mouth, in excitement, you're expressing your thanks and, and how much you appreciate this gift that you've received, right? But for David, the reason what made him shout and what made him jump for joy wasn't uh, iPhone 11, even though that's a really good gift. Um, it wasn't slime, even though that's a really good gift, right? It was the fact that he realized how much God had loved him that made him say, this is the best gift that I could ever receive, right? And in our, in our story, guys, uh, who remembers the name that the angel said uh, Jesus would be named? So we know his name was Jesus, but he used another name uh, to describe Jesus. Isaiah? Emmanuel. Does anybody know what that means? Cole? Zay, one more time. God is with us, right? And so here's the thing, right? God, it wasn't enough for God just to give us a gift, guys, in Jesus, right? He didn't just say, or, you know, he, it wasn't enough for God just to give a gift. And God had been giving gifts, guys, throughout that time. He, he gave people food. He gave people clothing. He gave people uh, life. He gave them all of these good things to enjoy. He gave us slime, iPhone 11s, all these things, right? But at the same time, it wasn't enough for God just to give gifts. God actually wanted to be with us so that we would experience what David says up there, that your love is better than life. He later on says that in your presence is fullness of joy or full 
happiness. And so God was like, I know they like all this stuff that they open up on Christmas, but the best thing that they could experience is my presence. The best thing they could experience is to have a relationship with me. And so guys, what I want you to take away from all of this is that as you're opening presents on Christmas morning, I want you guys to appreciate it and, and, and you know, still shout as loud as you would. Um, but as you're opening gifts, I want you to think about that when you come to that greatest gift that you open up, that there's something even greater than that, that gift, right? And it's Jesus, that God sent his son into the world so that he would be with us, so that we might experience what David said, that his love is better than life. And so would you guys pray with me really quick? <laughs> and I'll pray this, guys, and you can repeat after me if you'd like. Dear God, thank you so much that even though I have, that even though I have gifts that are coming on Christmas Day, that the greatest gift I could receive is Jesus. Help me to understand that. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Thank you, guys. One. Parents, I'm giving them candy canes. You can decide when they eat it or if they don't eat it. It's all good. All right, and guys, like I said before, there are um, activity pages to keep your kids um, participating during the service if you'd like. Kindergarten through second is in the and then third through fifth is in the red. Is a gift on Christmas Day, and the gift is coming. There's a gift on Christmas Day, and the gift is coming. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and flip with me to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. If you're new to our church, when we get to the place in Scripture that we're looking for, we just proclaim that we made it by saying amen together. And so for everybody who's going to look at the screen, you're not going to turn pages. As soon as you see it on there, you just shout out amen. And if you're going to turn pages when you get to the right page, you're going to say the same thing. Amen. That lets me know I can keep going and lets everybody else know that you're paying attention. That's helpful. I heard one. Amen. We're in Luke chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place where Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up to, from there, from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house of the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no, there was no guest room available for them. 
And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will, be, that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God, together saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. Jesus, I pray that in the same way we've heard this scripture year after year, Christmas after Christmas, I pray, God, that we would revisit with you, that you would be birthed again in our lives here tonight, that our hearts might be ready for the present that is your Son. In Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, I'm sorry. Y'all fell asleep during that prayer? Oh, I, I know, I know. We normally do this in the morning, and I know it's late. How many of y'all went to work today? How many people had to work today? Bah, humbug, those tough bosses made you work today. This front row is pretty crazy today. All right, so some of y'all went to work. Put your hand back up if you went to work. Maybe you have to help get your hand up because you're tired. That's okay. We excuse you for not participating right now because you're tired. That's okay. Okay, so for the rest of you, you got to pick up the energy a little bit, okay? All right, a little bit, a little bit. You, you didn't use it all up yesterday, did you? Heard there was a big game that happened yesterday? Anybody know about that? That was two days ago, wasn't it? That's two days ago? Two days ago? Two days ago, so, you know, some of the some of our staff are still mourning, mourning. <laughs> Soundboard's a little quiet tonight. Yep, yep, yep. Pastor who read the scripture at the beginning, a little quiet today. <clears throat> Elder Ed over there, slumping in his seat. But back to Jesus, back to Jesus. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. We're going to kind of keep going and thinking through of this. At the very beginning of the service, I said I suggested to you that tonight's service was really geared around the idea of saying. Is our heart ready to receive the gift of the Christ? Is our heart ready to receive the gift of the Christ? We've heard the story. Now, how do we internalize the story? What do we do with that? What do you think the night was like? What do you think it was like that night? I woke up this morning, and it was like 50-something degrees. I was like, this is awesome. This is great. Like, could Christmas be like this all the time? But I wonder if that's what that first Christmas night was like. Was it, was it warm? Was it, uh, was it like a, a peacefulness in the day? 
or was it chaotic? Was it a little bit crazy? Was it a little bit uh, scattered? Was it, uh, was it chilly? I don't know what that night was like. But I have to imagine this, because when Christ has invaded somebody's life, well, at least when he invaded my life, it was chaotic. It turned some things upside down. And I got to imagine that when he chose to invade time, when God said, I'm going to step into time right now, and literally from the heavens to the earth invaded time, that some things had to become topsy-turvy. Some things had to get turned upside down. Something had to be a little bit chaotic about that night. I don't know what it was like. I like to imagine that while Christ came bringing peace, he also brought with him a bit of chaos. It was also a bit of mystery that was wrapped up in all of the answers that he would bring. There was also a bit of lostness that was tied to the foundness that he was going to offer. What do you think it was like? You don't have to adopt my thought. Maybe you have your own. What do you think it was like when Mary was ready to birth that child? Young, having never experienced anything like this prior. What do you think it was like for Joseph on the receiving end? Literally, receiving end. Young, Having never experienced anything like this prior. What was that like? Maybe it was peaceful. Maybe it was blissful. Maybe it was kind of like we picture or imagine it to be if you have like a mother's helper who's helping midwife the baby into the space. Except the mother's helper who's midwifing the baby wasn't there. And the mother, well... I bet you it felt chaotic to her. I bet you it was a little bit of like, ah, what is going on? Not how I imagined this to go. Well, you know, for the last 2,000 years, people have been asking these kind of questions. People for the last 2,000 years have been saying and asking like, did that miraculous thing really happen. And they've tried really hard to uh, answer away neatly all of the mystery and the miraculous nature of God invading time. How many people have already, I know there's kids in the room, but however you handle this at home, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag here. Mom and dad bring at least some of the gifts that come to your house, all right? At least some of the gifts. Give mom and dad a little bit of credit. So for mom and dads, how many of y'all have wrapped some of those gifts already? Anybody wrapped any gifts? All right, all right, all right. It don't have to be, you don't have to wrap, you know, it doesn't have to be for your kid. You could have wrapped them for your neighbor. It doesn't matter. How many of y'all, how many of y'all enjoy wrapping gifts? Anybody? People in the front row be lying. Be lying. You ain't wrap a single thing. 
All right, so here's part of why we enjoy wrapping gifts. If you're anything like me, part of the reason why you enjoy wrapping gifts is because like, you can make sure the corners are nice and, and tight, and you can get the tape laid perfectly, and, and if you miscut, you know, you're like, ah, and you're trying to figure out how to turn it on a 45 and then being able to kind of stretch the paper some way. And, and if you have to take two pieces of paper to wrap one gift, you're going to make sure that, the, that, that whatever the design is, it's perfect. The pattern is perfectly laying. How many people with me? Anybody? How many people don't give a rip? You're just like, literally, you're just like, I'm just going to rip it open anyway. It don't matter. Brown paper bag. I'm good, right? Like, all right, well, look, look. For those of us who put our hand up the first time, we're like, you know, it's got to just be perfect, right? We kind of represent the folks for the last 2,000 years who have been trying to answer the, the miraculous and mysterious nature of Christmas night. We, we try to box it and put a bow on it and make sure it's nice and tidy. Now, we don't do that theologically, I'm just saying, but like the nature of wanting it to be clean and right and pretty don't know if it was really like that that night. You see, what I kind of think it was like that night was, well, there wasn't quite enough paper to wrap the gift. And so you just wrap the upper half and the bum, well, you know, it's the bottom of it, you know? Make sure it's sitting in the direction that it's covered. And, and, and you know, I just, I, I just imagined that it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't as they were planned. You know, they were walking along on their journey, heading back. They were thinking, you know, this baby's going to come. Let's get to the Hilton, and we're going to get a nice spot. And it's right next to the, to the hospital where we're going to deliver in a special room. And, and they, it, it didn't happen that way, guys. Like everything that they had imagined to be going through that night, that time, that space was just a little bit less pristine. But I want to get to what's really important about this story. We can sum up the whole first half of the story in this. Jesus was born. That's the most important part of the first half of the story. But the latter half of the story has a couple of things that just are worth us really thinking about. Right here, if you, if you still have your Bibles there and you're looking at it, look with me again at, uh, at verse 16. Verse 16, it says, So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby, and the baby was lying in the major 17. And when they had seen him, him being Jesus, they spread word concerning what had been told them about the child. The first thing that we see is that the shepherds hear that Jesus is going to be born. They do something. They went and they inquired. When you heard about Jesus, it caused you to do something. Maybe it caused you to question, like, is that guy real? Is that Jesus guy? Is that, is that real? I don't know about that. You know, you looked at your science book and you looked at your Bible and you're like, how do these things kind of collide together. Does this work? And you inquired. And you found some really neat people who you trusted and you said, tell, tell me a little bit about this. Tell me a little bit about this. What do you make? How do you make sense of this? And you kind of ask some questions. You inquired. And that's what happens. The first thing they do is they go and they seek to see. And when they get there, they see, the Bible says they see it happen the way they had been told it was going to happen. In other words, they got there and they saw the mess that they heard was going to be there. There's going to be a kid. By the way, I'm going to let you in on a secret. Kids are messy. 
even when they're clean. They're messy. I went to breakfast this morning with two of my kids. I won't tell you which ones, but they're younger than the older two. And, uh, and we were sitting there, and you know, like I said, kids, you can have anything you want as long as you get these two things. And, uh, and I ordered them pancakes, and I ordered them uh, French toast. And I thought I was a good dad. Don't you worry. For those who are concerned, I also got Scrapple. Everything was going to be fine. And so, how many people like Scrapple? You better be better. But I love this church. I just love this church. We can do breakfast anytime you want, church. Anyway, so we got there. We got, we got pancakes, and we got, we got uh, uh, French toast, and we got Scrapple. And then we just smothered it. We just smothered it with, with syrup and, and butter. And, and then the kids just licked it. They didn't eat it. They just licked it. Just butter and syrup for breakfast. So I had a lot of licked pancakes and French toast and scrapple, and it was good. When it was all over, I just looked over, and my daughter's hair was like sticking straight out like this. Uh-huh, it was just like, because she had syrup all over it, you know? And Tommy had butter on the back side and the front side of his hand, and he was just, it was good. And the waiter came over and said, they enjoyed breakfast. And I was like, yeah, they did. He was like, I can tell. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, you know, I just looked at him. I was like, kids are messy. Messy. Merry Christmas. That's what you get. Kids are messy. And, uh, and, and I'm just reminded of this. I mean, that was the cleanest story I could tell you about messy kids. You see what I'm talking about? All right. I want the, my kids are still in the room. I'm not going to test any more to that. But kids can be messy. Kids can be messy. And if you don't think so, you just haven't been around mine. And so... <clears throat> I imagine when the shepherds got there, what they found out was that the story they had been told was true. The miraculous nature of Jesus invading earth had happened, and, and, and there weren't things, there weren't ways to explain it. They, they, just, they had heard from these angels and these people who appeared in the sky, and, and they listened, and then they went, and they said, I don't know if that's true. I'm going to go check. By the way, if you're here tonight, and you're thinking, I don't know if this whole Jesus thing is true, I just want to tell you this. You don't have to believe me. Just check it out. Inquire about it. Ask some questions. Find somebody who is radical enough to say, I believe in Jesus, and just start being like, why? That's crazy. And go ahead and be, be as crazy about it as you want. And just be like, I don't know about that Jesus guy. Like, could he really come? Is he really going to crack the sky? Will there be a white horse? Like, is that all going to happen? Ask the questions. Because those of us who stand in a relationship with Jesus, we're not, we're not intimidated by somebody else saying, I don't know if that's true. We're just convicted to tell you what we know. We're convicted to say, you know what, uh, you don't have to know if it's true just yet. Just keep asking the questions because I believe that God is pleased with your questions. Because your questions will lead to an honest inquiry to say, God, are you out there? Do you love me? Do you care? And when God shows up and he says yes, when he steps into time and he invades, when everything changes and becomes topsy-turvy, what you walk out of there with is a life that is radically changed by the only one who can. That's what happened on Christmas night. See, the, 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 the shepherds left what they were doing. They said, I want to go find out if that's real. And they inquired. And then the scripture says, after they went to check it out, it's, this is what it says. it says. After they went to check it out, they went and told everybody that it was what they had heard it was going to be. And that would be like you and me leaving church tonight and going back to our families and our parties and our festivities and, and everything we're going to do tonight and tomorrow and, and the next week or so. And, and every time we got a chance to be saying, you know what, can you believe that God showed up? That's crazy. He actually, like, testifying that God showed up in your life. 
That, that, you know, you had, a, you had some stuff going on, and God didn't leave you there. You had a year that was pretty, uh, and God said, watch how I can turn this around. Or, or you had a situation that, that seemed hopeless, and God said, let me restore some hope. Or, or, or you had a reason to give up, and God said, no, no, I'm not going to let you. You, had, you. you felt alone, and someone showed up. Like There's all kind of ways that God showed up in your life, and you get the opportunity, just like the shepherds did, to go and to ask questions and inquire and look and see. And when you realize that God was there, you're moved by God to go tell somebody about it to go tell i mean am i the only one who feels a desire that somebody out there might know what god has done in my life has god done anything in your life anything had that had to be everything has he done anything in your life this year anything well if he's done anything maybe just maybe there's a story for you to tell now watch i want to get to the end i know you're like whoo it's christmas eve pastor how long are you going all right stay with me this is what he says at the end of the scripture right here. I'm still in Luke chapter 2. It says, uh, uh, it says when, they, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about the child. And all who heard it, you don't have your Bibles open, so you don't see what it says. All who heard it were amazed, were filled with amazement. Check this out, y'all. We live in fear that we might tell somebody about Jesus and they might ridicule us or they might, they might mock us and they might be like, oh, I can't believe you believe in that crazy story. They might do that. But what happens if one of them are just filled with amazement? What if one person responds by just being in awe that God could? Let me tell you what happens. Someone's life goes from lost to found. Someone's life goes from without to with. Someone's life goes from short to long. Someone's life goes from a, a time of being separated from God to being bound to the Father. Friends, there's no greater story to tell. There's no better Christmas card to send. There's no better gift to put under the tree. There's nothing more that you and I can do than simply doing this. I know a God who has changed my life, and I'd love for you to inquire about him. I know a God who's changed my life, and I'd love for you to ask whatever your questions are about him. Come and see this God I know. Come and see all that he has done. Come and see that it is as I said it would be. And all who heard it were amazed at just what the shepherds told them. Can I just say one last thing to us tonight, church? Please say yes. Thank you. The shepherds did not go to school to know how to talk about Jesus. They hadn't sat in Sunday school class. That wasn't a thing yet. It's still not a thing right now. They hadn't sat in Sunday school class. They hadn't been in Bible study for a long time. There's, no, there's not even a reason to believe that they had heard the story of a Messiah that was to come before they just heard that story. It wasn't like there's no reason for us to think that they had been waiting all of their life for this moment. What happened was the skies cracked. The world changed right in front of their eyes. God invaded time. 
They saw the, the, the presence of God, and the presence of God fostered in them something that birthed a voice that would then change time for everybody else. Because they simply went out and said, this is what I saw. You can't deny what I saw. I saw it with my eyes. I don't know anything more to tell you about it. And everybody they talked to was filled with awe. So you're here tonight, and you're like, my mom brought me, my dad brought me, I brought my kid, my grandparents, whatever that story is. I just want to say this to you. I know this God who could have stayed distant, and instead he drew near, and he filled space and time that was, uh, it was messy. It, was, it, was, it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't great. And he didn't make it all real pretty. He just made it so you and I don't have to be alone in it. And then he invited me. And I think he invites you too. He invited me to believe and trust him for the rest of my days. Friends, the story of Christmas is about more than a baby being born. It's about God's desire to be in the center of your life and for your life and the way you understand it right now to be turned upside down. I invite you. Would you inquire of that Jesus? Would you inquire about what the Messiah can do. And as he shows up, and as he invades your life, might your life be radically, radically changed. Because I know the God who can. And if you were with me a few weeks ago, you would know I'm going to say this. And I know the God who will. I know the God who can. And I know the God who will. Let's pray together. Jesus, on this, this special night, this, this holy night, God, on this night, we, we celebrate that you are the God who can. You can invade time. You are the God who can. You can change our current circumstances. You're the God who can. You can show up in a way that radically changes our experience. God, I believe there's people here tonight who are wondering, you know, is that story about God real? Did you really show up in a miraculous way? Were you born of a virgin? Did you come to forgive us our sins, to give us life that is full and forever? And part of the reason why we're asking that question tonight, God, is because we live in a world that is, that is dark, that is filled with pain and hurt. And God, tonight we are reminded that in the midst of that darkness and pain and hurt, Lord, that, that you still show up, that you still invade, that you still bring and give life. Tonight we'll worship you, Jesus, and we'll trust you to show up in our life again. We ask ourselves one question tonight. Am I willing to ready my heart to receive the coming of the Christ?
In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, while we're seated and kind of in a posture of reflective prayer, we're going to begin to participate together in this time of worship with a bit of a candle lighting time. And we're going to be reminded that in a spot that is as dark as this room could be now, that the light of Christ desires to invade and contagiously move about amongst us in a way that, well, why don't we just watch and see what happens? get an extra one, you can pass it around to somebody else. If you find yourself without a candle, just let me know and try to make sure we get them moving around. If your neighbor's asleep, you just need to wake them up so they get their candles. The whole Garcia family handing out candles tonight.
Friends, the light of the candle reminds us that uh, while there may be darkness in the world, there's a light that cannot be extinguished. That the light of Christ is ever present and desires to be present within each of us. So this this season, tomorrow night or tomorrow morning when you uh, approach your tree and find your gifts, might you be reminded that the greatest gift you will receive is not something that will be wrapped, it's not something that will be gifted to you by somebody else. It will literally be the light of Christ, the presence of God with you. And that presence will stay with you in times that are dark and in times that are lighter, in times that seem troubling, in times that seem a bit easier. Together, church, let's carry the light of Christ into the world. Let's allow our lights to be brighter as they burn next to one another and allow them to light up a dark place when they're all alone. But either way, might the presence of Christ be ever present with every one of us that someone else might hear the good news and be amazed at what God can do. Might tonight have been a reminder of that for you and for me. When the lights come back up, I encourage you to uh, say a quick prayer before extinguishing your candles. And then join us as we sing our closing song, uh, Joy to the World. Joy to the World, and then a special blessing on your way out. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. We pray it was life-giving. To find out more about us, visit our website at roxboroughchurch.org and join us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m.